0: On today's episode of The Schoolio Podcast, we're being joined by Lisa Marie Fletcher. She's a homeschooling mom of five kids ranging from preschool to high school. When her homeschooling journey began, she searched for Canadian homeschooling resources and started to share them online. That was the beginning of The Canadian Homeschooler, whose mission today is to connect Canadian homeschoolers with each other and with resources to help them on their journey. During today's episode, we're going to be learning Lisa's six steps for new Canadian homeschooling families. We'll also be talking with Satisha Bala, who is the CEO of Schoolio, and he asks Lisa and I a question about what the partner could or should be doing during this new homeschool journey. If you're a partner in a homeschooling journey and you're not 100% sure how to help, this is definitely something you're going to want to hear. Plus, we're going to get tips from Lisa for creating a great homeschool environment and having a successful year. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome you to the Schoolio Podcast.
1: Three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. and liftoff. Hey, Mommy, look, it's the Schoolio Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Schoolio Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Davis. Homeschooling might feel like uncharted territory. And you might feel a little terrified, but you don't have to. Because Schoolio is here to help you and your child be successful on this brand new journey. It's our mission to bring you the best content, tips, tricks, and so much more. We'll be interviewing award winning experts to help you have the best school year yet. Whatever you need, we're here to help. Thank you for choosing Schoolio.
1: Nice to be in Orbit.
0: Seventh episode of the Schoolio podcast and I'm super excited that you're joining us today. We have Satish Bala with us he is the CEO of Schoolio, and we also have a Canadian homeschooling expert joining us here today. She's going to be giving us some phenomenal tips and techniques to help us get through this school year. She just cares so deeply about all Canadian homeschoolers, and that is why she started her own mission, which is the Canadian Homeschooler. So we are very excited to welcome... Lisa Marie Fletcher, to the Schoolio podcast today. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. So to begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your mission?
2: All right. So I am a homeschooling mom. I've got five kids. They range in age from five to 16. So it's a wide gap between my teenagers and my early years. So uh, it's a fun adventure with that. We started homeschooling right from the beginning when my oldest was little. And uh, so we've been doing this a lot longer than, it feels like a blink, but it's a lot longer than that. So uh, we were just chipping away. I started the Canadian homeschooler as a fun little hobby on the side, as a new homeschool mom who was like, there's no Canadian stuff out there. I need uh, to have something other than American flags for my children to color. So I really wanted <laughs> to find, I know there's stuff out there. So I went on a search. I figured if I was looking, other people were probably looking as well. And that started the Canadian homeschooler. As, as it went, it went from there and it grew and grew and grew. And so eventually I realized that my mission behind the Canadian Homeschooler is to help homeschoolers across Canada connect with each other and with resources to help them on their journey. And that's kind of what my entire goal and purpose is when I look forward in my business and to help other people.
1: I love, I love that mission uh, where where we are aligned in, in in sort of what you guys and what we do is, is that anxiety-driven parent, right? Who's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to homeschool. Um, What's interesting is you, know, you started at a time where uh, it was a choice. And today, a lot of the parents that we speak to are doing it because of the crises, that's, that's the global pandemic. Um, I would love to get your definition of the word homeschooling, because I hear it in so many different circles and some say it with joy, some say it with a lot of pain. Um, <laughs> wh- wh- where, you know, what is your definition of homeschooling?
2: So for me, I consider homeschooling just anybody who's chosen to do something than the traditional send your kid to school plan. So although I know that quite often in the homeschooling community, there are uh, segments and pockets and niches and cliques and different definitions. For me, anybody who's chosen to teach their kids outside of the traditional school system, to me, that's homeschooling. And I will support whoever falls under, wants to call themselves that under that category.
1: No, that's 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 a great way to be so inclusive. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, when Jamie and I first met, I remember Jamie, when you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm homeschooling and I've been homeschooling for a long time. And I was like, why? Because I came from a position <laughs> of pain, right? I came from a mm. position of, oh no, what, what we have to now take care of the kids for eight hours a day, like we do in school. And we got to teach them. And then like, if I teach them something wrong, that's their foundation, right? That they're going to build on mm. forever. Um, and then I learned from Jamie, like, it's not painful. It's about you know, fun and interactive and being inclusive and and all those words I wouldn't have used, right, Jamie?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's all the mindset (laughs) stuff, right? As when we think of homeschooling, I think people take the concepts of traditional school and apply it to learning at home and don't understand that it's so much Different. It's just this complete different shift of learning through life and this whole like lifestyle of education as opposed to from nine to nine thirty is math and from nine thirty to ten is English. You know, it's just it's hard to make that change and when you're not familiar with it, those original Mm -hmm. concepts are terrifying to apply to a regular everyday life. But once you get Mm -hmm. the experience of it and you fall into the rhythm and routine and see how it applies to your family and your children and all the millions of other things that you're doing in your day, it's suddenly not quite as pressure as it was when you first thought about it.
0: Lindsay actually said something along those lines. She said along the lines of you should never bend your life around homeschool. Your homeschool should, you know, kind of bend around your life. That's
2: a great Which is kind of,
0: yeah, but I I feel a lot of the homeschool parents, especially the new ones, are scared um, because they feel like they need to adjust to school at home which is different from like just a relaxed version of you know homeschool they think it's got to be this like big stressful thing like oh like like you said nine to nine thirty we've got to do the math and but I think it takes some time and experience for a lot of our parents to discover that you don't have to do that like it can be so much better like what led you into homeschooling your own children
2: so my oldest wasn't ready for school. I got to JK and did the typical, I'm terrified, but I'll go sign my kid up for JK because that's what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do. And I went to the school, and but he was still at the cling to mom whenever people were around stage at three and a half. He was not ready and i went to the i went to the day where you go as a parent and they like walk you around the classroom to get you used to what it's going to be like and they give you a little package of stuff and i'm like oh yeah this isn't going to happen so then we went home with the like little worksheets that they sent home and uh and we did them together at home like the follow the tracing lines with your scissors and those kinds of things i'm like i can totally do this i'm an ece in background and i'm like you know i can handle kindergarten that's not a problem. We'll just do kindergarten and see how it goes. Well, here we are. He's in grade 11. So it's been a little bit of a blip yeah. since kindergarten. But, you know, uh, I realized at that point that I could do it. And I also, I was talking with somebody else on another podcast recently, and we we're talking about the fact that I had it kind of easy, because I have my ACE background, and because I had two sister-in-laws that were already homeschooling, so I could go, well, they're doing it, so I can use their wisdom to be confident in what I'm doing, and so for me, I realized that I had that safety net that a lot of people don't have, but for me, that was important at the time, but it also... I followed my sister-in-laws. They were the ones who suggested this, the American curriculum that they were using. And that didn't work for me. But it gave me an opportunity to start with something, which a lot of mm-hmm. homeschoolers just don't know where to start. So I just went, well, they're using it. I'll just use what they're using, right? So yeah. some, So that's where we started at the very beginning. Same with me. We used American
0: curriculum. And it it was always so hard, I found, with like inches and, you know, all of the American measurements. And then I would, I would try to like convert it in our own
2: measurements here and then it would just get so confusing for our kids so I figured my kids are gonna learn both because I'm still at that I think as Canadians we have this really interesting melange of like different measurements right we like how we're not really sure and (laughs) how we don't know (laughs) for something I
0: know if they say the Canadian measurement for how tall I am I'm like was
2: that yeah Yeah. (laughs) come again i don't understand (laughs) i don't measure myself in centimeters sorry yeah i don't know i'm so confused oh dear
1: i I was on the opposite side man i grew up in singapore so we come from a different measurement system so for me it was when somebody was like you're five foot five i'm like what does that mean i i how many centimeters (laughs) am i you know I, i sound short at five foot five am i short what's going on and you know uh even with ECE, you know, my, my wife's got a, a background in ECE too, but she's like, look, the best thing out of my program is I came out knowing I don't want to do this with the kids. Mm. And so uh, <laughs> awesome that we have school. And then when this happened, I was like, man, you know, uh, it should be like riding a bike, you know, homeschooling, mm. part-time, like you got ECE background and boy, oh boy, was I in trouble that night. Oh man. Mm. It, was, <laughs> oh, no. it, was, it wasn't it was a good joke that day, but- uh, no. <laughs>
0: If someone is new to homeschooling and maybe they haven't quite taken that plunge yet, they haven't quite decided that they want to homeschool, maybe it's kind of in the back of their mind and, you know, their kids are going to school all day and they're like wearing masks and they're miserable. So they're like, I kind of want to homeschool, but I'm not sure. Or maybe they're doing virtual learning and they're like, well, we could do, you know, homeschooling because we're here, but they're not sure what to do or where to start. Where would you suggest that they start?
2: So generally, I have a six step plan for people when they're asking me how to start homeschooling. And and I think it still applies to anybody who's currently dealing with all the virtual schooling or dealing with whatever. So the first step is to figure out a why. And I know that that seems kind of crazy, but the really important to have a why. Because guess what, okay. there's going to be crappy days, there's going to be terrible days where you want to just be like, forget it, school. Yep. <laughs> but if you have that why you'll go, okay, wait, you decided to homeschool because, and then you can use that as the foundation for waiting till tomorrow to restart again. Okay, so number one is why. Number two is to find out what the rules are for wherever you live. So find out the regulations for your province or your state or wherever you are. Find out what is required of you and then complete those. Regulations first. So, in a lot of our provinces, we are very blessed here in Canada that we have pretty mellow regulations, except for Quebec. I'm sorry, guys, but that's the way it is. <laughs> I can't change it. If I could, I'd be happy for you, but I can't. Um, and so, find out what the regulations are wherever you live. That's step number two. Number three is get support. And this doesn't mean that you have to join your local homeschool community. Although, I do recommend that if it's possible outside of COVID time for you to meet people in person, do that because having somebody that has your back will make or break the difference for success in your homeschooling so find somebody to support you and that can just be an online group right now or another friend or a family member who's homeschooling as well having someone that has your back well then find curriculum so this is where I go in step four is finding curriculum and there's like a million and one curriculum options so don't just go type into google homeschool curriculum grade two because you will quit instantly (laughs) and not be able to figure out what to do Okay. So (laughs) there's important questions behind it. Some of those questions are like, how do your children learn best? Are they great at watching videos and understanding? Do they need to listen to you, read to them, and then follow instructions? Do they need to do something? So I often joke that this is the IKEA test. So if you bought an IKEA chair, and you had to put it together, would your child need to watch an instructional video on how to put it together? would they need you to read the instructions step-by-step to them or would they need to just jump in and do it and they would figure it out on the fly so that's kind of I know that's a really generic approach to it and there's a lot more and some people don't even think that but just as a premise guideline because sometimes it helps you narrow down your homeschooling choices um, curriculum choices so that you know what might work best for your child and then to consider um a homeschool method so some people want to do a homeschooling that is very traditional to a school system Mm -hmm. so you follow a very similar pattern to the school and you have a teacher and textbook and that kind of thing but there's lots of other choices for how to approach homeschooling so take some time to kind of learn about the different methods and styles and if you're planning on homeschooling for a long time then you may choose a different approach than the traditional style if this is a short-term solution you will probably want to pick something that is very more in line with the school system so that's where program like Schoolio have been amazing because they do provide that missing piece that has been not there so that's kind of the idea and once you have some of those narrowing down questions like do you want online or offline do you want faith-based or secular like there's these questions that just narrow down and help you be able to search for something that will specifically help with your family and then step five is take whatever you've picked whatever curriculum you picked and put it into a plan for the year now plans change absolutely you know like we plan to be done a specific thing by Christmas but uh, maybe we haven't even started yet so it doesn't (laughs) always work out the way that you plan but having a plan means that when you wake up in the morning you know kind of what you're going to cover today so if you are um, even if you're an unschooler which I just will say makes people nervous sometimes because it sounds like no schooling but it's not meant that way unschooling is child-led learning but even to have a plan like oh today I'm going to kind of observe my child and see what they're curious in and then be able to find a video that goes with it or something so or if planning absolutely gives you hives because I've seen some people that have (laughs) you know meltdown and panic attacks when I say the word plan we do backwards planning so what you do is you write down what you did for the day instead so then you can just have a record of what you've done and then the last step that I say this is step number six is never stop learning as a parent if you can role model learning in your everyday life your kids will see that and be able to be encouraged to do it themselves. So as a parent, never stop learning and be able to understand that things will change. So there's my six steps for starting homeschooling. I think my favorite Uh, one was the never stop learning. That was a good one.
1: Yeah, I love the IKEA test. What a simple way to break it down. You know, uh, I'm I'm the I need a video guy. Like, Mm, if I can't watch a video, I can't do it. I don't care if you give me the book, I can't read it. Uh, and, and I'm not going to dive in. I'm going to, it's going to, it's not, the drawer is not going to open if I make it yeah. the way, if I just make it, um, I do have a question on the planning part, which I, mm. which, which I find interesting because I'm, I'm surrounded now by, by groups of first time homeschooling parents. Right. Um, we're, we're trying to be in the, in the community without labeling ourselves. Cause it's just fear that the minute I label myself, it's going to be the truth forever. You know, mm. so so they find all sorts of ways to not tell me they're choosing to homeschool because it's, it's I don't want to do it. But one of the things that I find that I get all the time, especially with some of our curriculum, um, 22 weeks in, you're, you're done. Right. So, mm. you know, there's a, been a bunch of these fear of like, well, what do I do after? Because we're because right. because what I realize is prior to starting school, Leo, um, I didn't really know what was done in class. We knew it was right. March break. We knew when the summer holiday started, but I have no idea what they're doing Monday to Friday. And so right. without any visibility into curriculum, I just knew they were out of the house from 845 to 245, right? And so, learning something. <laughs> exactly, hopefully. And then, yeah. you know, when we're looking at now being the guardian at home, how does time now play into planning?
2: This becomes a very personalized to each family and every family has to see how many like how many kids you have and how many subjects you want to cover. I generally tell people that homeschooling is essentially a 36 week year. So you take whatever you're teaching and break it down into 36 weeks and then decide how much time you need for that week to be able to complete that particular plan for the week. So it might be that you have to do it every single day. So like 180 days is a typical school year, 36 weeks. So if you break it down per day, like we do math every day at my house. So it's, you know, every day does math not every family does that it just depends on the family i we found that's what works best with our routine and rhythm but then if you take that particular chunk of whatever you're going to learn in that one week out of the 36 weeks do i need to do it two times a week do i need to do it every day do i need to do it three times a week figure out how many times a week you need to do it for how long honestly i think we get a lot caught up in the how many how much time how much kids learn a lot faster than we think they do like if you sit down and you have a conversation with your child about you know the water cycle they probably will know it in about 15 minutes if they're willing to learn if you're doing the now we're going to learn about the water cycle and you go through the whole like lesson plan they may not be but if you throw on a bill nye the science guy episode with the water cycle and then follow it up with an abc a game where they have to drag and the water drop around i don't know they my little guys have been doing that like crazy so my five-year-old's like this is evaporation i'm like, (laughs) you're Anyways, so, <laughs> so, so because yes, they're doing it on their own, I had that wasn't my lesson plan for the week, that was their own thing. But kids like will sponge it up if they if they're engaged and interested, right? They will learn more than our like lesson plan for the day, right? My kids tolerate the lesson plan for the day and then move on to the things they want to learn
1: today. That's a, that's a great answer. And I think uh, the next time somebody asks me that question, I'm literally going to quote you. I mean, oh, this, all is, right. this is the answer, <laughs> I got it now. <laughs> I appreciate Just, that.
0: I'll take a little clip of this recording and i'll send it to you and you can just play it on your phone
1: i'm <laughs> serious man because that's just that's probably the yeah and it's probably the, the the biggest thing we see online you know every every parent that buys our product 99 percent of the time the follow-up is you know either i don't know how to plan this thing or they call us and they go the kid's learning much faster than i expected what if we run out? I'm like, wow, well, there's other materials, other programs to complement or level up on the next grade. Like you have so yeah. much options that we never knew yeah. we had, uh, which is which is mind blowing. So really, yeah. really fun stuff.
0: So, Lisa, what tips do you have for us for creating a great homeschool environment and for having a successful homeschool year?
2: <laughs> uh, so I laughed when I read this question, because I'm like, I don't know. Um, okay, so, <laughs> Alright, so my main thing is to remember that learning is everywhere. Everywhere, right? So it's not just if I set up this really great uh, learning corner. Like I said, I can be the best planner and the best organizer in the world and have this really cute little corner set up with everything we're going to learn and all these stations and da da da. Great. My kids will ignore them forever. But if I have a place where learning is around all the time, where they know that there's like books on the shelves they can go for answers, if they know they can access YouTube, if I give them permission to explore, build by the science guy, or that just that's where we've been at this week, which is why I'm talking about them too much, anyways. But just or <laughs> sure that they are free to use certain websites that are learning. It's just it's to provide places and opportunities. For learning, You don't have to set up a little school room. You don't have to put a desk out. I think a lot of times, especially when new homeschoolers get started, we have this idea that it needs to be school, right? So we want to have a desk with the little posters on the wall. And if you have space and money and time to put all that effort in, awesome. But I will tell you, I think about 98% of the homeschoolers by year two have realized that it's the kitchen table. <laughs> And that's all they needed in the first place, right? 100%. They just need a kitchen table. So um, don't don't invest a whole lot of time, energy and money into extra furniture unless you need more bookshelves because that's probably the only thing that most homeschoolers will agree you need multiple of. Um, and uh, just relax, relax. I think um, I know it's easy to say and it's hard to do. And from the other side, it's just like, man, take a chill pill. You don't need to be running your five-year-old through multiplication drills today. Like calm down. Put on the Netflix little, what's it called? Number blocks or something. And they will like learn way more math than you think. Um, And honestly, and I'm going to say something terrible. Expect less. Uh, Because we put the expectations so high of what we think it should be. But even in a classroom, they're not learning all the things on the checklist today because they kind of have periods of time where they're cut off and there's periods of time where they need to take breaks and there's assemblies and there's a craft and kids aren't cooperating and someone has to go to the bathroom and just expect less. Set your standards high if you want to, but don't force your child to meet that. Be willing to accept less than your high hope and be happy if you get there. (laughs) it doesn't always work out but just
1: I love that I have a follow-up that wasn't here um, because I always talk about like what does success uh, in anything we do feel like and in your journey over the last 10 years of homeschooling um, what are some of the words you would use to describe that success feeling like what's a good day like what's a good week like how would you describe it
2: I'll be truthful. We have had long periods of very unsuccessful years. And I've been quite honest with this with my community that I failed my kids and maybe not so much because they're doing fine. But I failed myself because I had specific expectations on what I thought it should be. Even though it didn't look like a classroom, I wanted it to be my way. And as years got along it wasn't working it was getting worse worse and worse and at one point i had a complete another meltdown where the kids were screaming around the living room and my adhd child was running and literally bouncing off walls while i had a toddler and a preschooler climbing all over me and my teenager going and the one that doesn't know what's going on spacing out. And I remember crying on the floor as my husband looked from the the room above going, what the heck is going on? (laughs) What are you doing? And I remember sobbing, like sobbing. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. But here's me as the Canadian homeschooler offering great advice to people to be successful at homeschooling. If I fail, (laughs) what a sham am I? But I realized that people want to hear that it's not perfect. The homeschooling is hard okay parenting yeah. is hard marriage is hard Homeschooling's hard anything that we do of value is hard but when it's hard we have to step back i think this is another question that i'm about to ruin it all but anyways we're gonna step okay. back <laughs> you gotta step back and evaluate and like take yourself out of the picture so if things aren't going well just stop take a breath look at what everything is going on and then um why are we feeling this way? What's going, what's causing the problem? And then make changes. I think being willing to make changes is one of the biggest keys to success for homeschooling because if we put our own expectations down and are not willing to work with our kids on how they learn and how the, this is going to be, we won't make success. So mm. I took like almost an entire year off going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And mm. I, I lost it. So I had to completely shift our entire plan for homeschooling. I completely changed everything. So for us, people often say when you've got multiple age groups of kids that you should try to group them together and you should try to do as much as you can together. And that did not work for me at all. I really wanted it to. Like I desperately wanted it to. My dream homeschool was that we would sit together and we do these cute little unit studies with all these crafts and activities because that's totally how I want to learn. It didn't work. And so for me, I discovered we had to do individual learning. And so I have to specifically sit with one kid at a time and do schooling. And so I, that's, it took a long time for me to find that and to figure out what curriculum worked with each child and then to make it work with our family. So for me, as a how do I mark a good successful week is that we have learned something or done something together as a family that has left us happy on Friday so it may not be that i've completed everything on the school plan for the week but we've made progress towards our goals we've made progress towards being building a relationship together and just enjoying each other's company still like they still like me on friday night you know that's kind (laughs) of the goal
1: (laughs) that's awesome and thank you for sharing that yeah i really appreciate you sharing that realness which i which i think is is what's really missing you know there's this perfect version of homeschooling and you go online and see the perfect rooms and everything is mm-hmm. organized and you know and yes. and, 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 I, and and I look at our own house I'm going okay that's not what it looks like <laughs> you know no, earlier
2: in this in the summer I did it let's do a homeschool tour and if you happen to find my Facebook page I did a lot of Facebook lives through the summer and one of them was I'll take you on a tour of my homeschool room right and I think people expected it to be all the like like oh no so we like walk my house my homeschool room is my house so we walk through and there's socks everywhere and coats everywhere and food all over my counter and you know it's I don't have a homeschool room I have books shelves and tables and just madness because my kids pull things out and my right now my table is completely covered in craft supplies because we were making Christmas presents and I have no energy to spend to clean up the mess so it's been there for like four days you know that's fine but the it's just, it's life. We live here. I can, I can make everything look beautiful and pretty by zooming in real close on a section of a space. Right. But reality is that it is busy. It is messy. It is active. My kids live here and so do I, and so does my husband and so does our cats. It's not going to be a beautiful little magazine worthy art space. So I've been very careful to make sure that I'm honest with people because I don't want to be the picture-perfect homeschool because we are not the picture-perfect homeschool. We are regular everyday people struggling with everyday issues. You know, as I said, it's hard and you have to be willing to live in this hardness, but be willing yeah. to enjoy it as well.
1: That's great. I really That's love fantastic.
2: That. Yeah, I love that because
0: I love your vulnerability. You just, <laughs> you put it out how it is. Like there's no I, I think that's one of the things that frustrates me the most and has for years, like ever since I started homeschooling my kids is that my homeschool style is messy. Like it's not like that pretty picture perfect. Like, you know, we do school from nine to 12 and like, we have like a pretty art room and like, that's not us. Like, I, there's glitter like in the living room and i don't know how long it's been there like and i try to clean it and it doesn't get cleaned up like it's just it is what it is <laughs> like and i've always found that like when you go on facebook or instagram or all of those places you see those picture perfect moms that are like like look at our beautiful home and like okay you have a maid like you're yeah. hiding her somewhere because this is not so you don't really live real. in the house
2: you're taking pictures of yeah no nah,
0: you're going to like a you're going somewhere you're like in an ikea like taking a picture of something because
2: this isn't real there's a sign on my there's a sign inside my front door that says please excuse my mess my children are making happy memories that's awesome
1: great perfect sign sign. (laughs) jamie killing me man there's a maid
0: i'm just saying like well they have to she's got to be like in a cupboard or something like, (laughs) like at least a Roomba. They must have a Roomba. Yeah. No, not me. I I see you have a blog and Mm -hmm. you have a community and there's conferences and everything. I think Lindsay is going to be joining you uh, on a conference shortly. Uh, What does all of that do for our Canadian homeschool parents? Like, obviously we want them to reach out to you for support. So what sort of supports do you offer through this whole Canadian network here?
2: The goal behind it all is to be as helpful and out there for people so I have the website and the website offers um, a whole section on how to get started so it's all the tips that I mentioned before along with some links and resources and things like that to help people get started I have on that website also just general homeschooling advice and tips that I've done over the year and reviews of different products which I've used and some of them need updating but we will continue to work on that because websites are an eternal work project um, and then I've got the conference which is this is actually going to be my fifth year running the Canadian online. Well, Homeschool conference. It's Incredible. in February every year and it's free to attend live. Um, you can access sessions each day for about 24 hours before they get locked back up. And then if you want to, you can buy the pass, which gives you access to everything. And this is a great opportunity because I've, I've loved that I've been able to do this because there are a lot of homeschool conferences which are um, not Canadian. And so to be able to find Canadian voices, to talk to Canadian homeschoolers, to offer support and encouragement is really important to me. So this is why there's been this great, uh, great experience to help with the homeschool community. So for me, that was one of the stuff that I do. So I have all the ones, the old ones are still on there. You can get passes now if you want to. And then the new ones are every February. And uh, that was part of the mission that started the whole, I need a community thing so that was where we tried to allow people to interact and we will keep growing that section because I I think there's always room for improvement but we're working all the time and then I this year I started the community so I've got this community program where you can come and there's a website and I've got a place for people to chat with each other off of Facebook and off of social network because you know not everybody in the whole school community is comfortable with Facebook so we put it on to its own page and we have regular meetups on Zoom so we've been doing online classes with the kids and field trips every month and uh, spending a lot of time but it's fun and uh, we're doing a lot of and we have like mom meetups too or I guess it could be anybody but it's usually moms who end up showing up and we can talk and support and encourage each other and the other thing that I have is a book called how to homeschool in Canada and that's available on Amazon and on Kobo that's actually print as well if you like that so it's like all my best advice from my website reworded and redone along with a really great analogy about homeschooling as a journey. And uh, I had a lot of fun pumping that together this year. So that's out and available as well. But the main goal of it is just to be support. So if people can't find the support they need on any of the options that I have available, they can contact me directly. And I usually can either direct them to something that will help them, or I can try to answer questions as best as I can myself. Wow. Wow.
1: I have so many follow-ups, Lisa. Uh, a, a, a oh, as a serial entrepreneur, uh, I've had at my, at my at my top level, I think a dozen different companies I was involved in. But uh, none of them was as stressful as being a homeschooling parent and running a company. Now it's like homeschooling and then I have three different small companies that were growing, Schoolio being one of them. And the pressure is very different. Um, how do you balance? What What's... What's maybe the, ba- the word is not balance. Whatever your secret sauce is, uh, how do you m- juggle both?
2: So the word that you're looking for is prioritize. Okay. So I don't balance because that is absolutely a myth. You cannot balance everything. You have to choose the thing that's the most important in the moment that you're in. So for me, there's a lot of time blocking. And uh, as you can probably see from the lot dark circles under my eyes, <laughs> I am not doing excessively well all the time. As this year, my website has exploded as everything yeah. else in the education industry has been. And I'm grateful every single day that I have a business that is able to support and encourage homeschoolers. And I'm thankful for this year and how well it's been going but it's exhausting. And so for me, a lot of it is time blocking. And so I generally have the wake up in the morning and that's my work time. And even though the kids, you know, still need me, I know this is still work time. So I can, all right, I'll just pop off over there and pour some cereal and I'll come back. But I know that it's work time. So at least I have a focus for what I have to come back to when I'm working. And then it's school time from like nine to noonish. Now I don't, we don't live our lives by the clock. We're very fluid, but, uh, that's a new word, fluid. Anyways, we, um, (laughs) that's how it felt. Okay. So generally we do school from like nine to noon. And then in the afternoon, after we've done chores and lunch and exercise time, then it's, I do more work time. So if that might mean that I'm on zoom calls with my community, or it might mean that I'm trying to work on website stuff, or it means that I'm answering emails and then it's all right, now I got to make dinner. And then it's back to my computer. And that's my, like, me time, so writing a book, because why not? Because why don't you do one more thing on top of all the other stuff? <laughs> so I'll just write, you know, I have to have something for me. So this is kind of, i just doing it for fun on the side. And then, you know, it's bedtime and kid time and f- spending time with my spouse because I need to make sure that he's a priority as well. Because in the millions of other things that I could do, I could easily fill up every minute of my day, but I need to make sure that the computers off that I'm focused on spending quality time with my husband. We watch TV shows or we play video games or whatever we want to do together. That's non kid time because it's easy to be too busy, but I have to prioritize that. So for me, it's about putting the priority hat on needs mm. to be on in each moment and so when i'm working it's working time when it's school it's school time and i leave my phone and my computer out of the way so i'm not tempted to check my messages you know it's what i'm doing in the moment is the thing that's the priority
1: well said
2: yeah
0: because then you're not scattering yourself around kind of like yeah, your I... 70 20, 10 thing, satish
1: yeah, you know, and, and I realize, um, you know, I've always wore this badge of I'm a multitasking serial mm-hmm. entrepreneur, like, you know, I can do five things at a time. And but now as I'm trying to really understand how to be effective and more efficient and, and when a ton of the stuff that we were working on got taken off the plate just due to the world and pandemic, yeah. you start to now go, huh, maybe it's a bad analogy, but I'm going to share it with all due respect mm-hmm. with you guys for some advice. I feel very much like the first year when our kids were born, where I'm the useless dad, because I can't feed the baby, I can help a little bit, but it's really Michelle lifting, my wife Michelle is lifting all the heavy weight, right? And I feel like there's a whole bunch of dads, probably like me going, okay, how, how do we compliment our partners? And even if I sit beside my son at the table to help him, he's still, mommy, can you help me? And I don't want daddy. I don't want mommy. And she's like, man, your dad's right there. Ask him. And he's like, I want you to help me. <laughs> it's a meltdown. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'm going to go. Any advice from both of you to the spouses on how to better help? Because I kind of feel like year one with both kids again, going, okay, I can burp the kid, pass it over, but then take it back, you know? Uh, And and, and I went online looking for networks and kind of like what you're doing, you know, where are the the partners in this game? How are we helping? Where is the network to learn and share, and not overwhelm? And sometimes you need to not be in the picture to like give space. And um, so any advice to the spouse?
0: My kids do the same thing. So like my husband will come home from work and they'll be like, mommy, can you help me with this? And I'm like, dude, your dad is right there. Like go over there and Mm -hmm. ask him because I need a break. Um, But I think that's just kind of how they are. Like if they have a supportive mother in their life, they're just going to kind of want to flow over to them because they've been with them real, like realistically, they've been with their mama since they were in the belly. Right. So it's kind of that dependency. But I think for my family, it's just find the areas that she needs help. So she may not tell you that she needs that help, but just find that area. You should be able to, um, like, maybe it's the dishes or maybe it's helping with dinner or maybe it's, like, I think you mentioned last last time we chatted that math, Michelle doesn't like math, help with math. Like, be like, math is my thing. Like, make it your thing. Be like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not doing two plus two without me. Like, this is mm. my thing. Like, make it yours. Um, just be that support. Cause I know it's, yeah, I know it's hard. Um, when we first started homeschooling, my husband said over and over again, like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> cause I w- he would come home and I would just be like a basket case. Cause I would be like exhausted and I'd be like, Oh, we didn't do everything right. And he'd be like, Like we have a school like five minutes from us. Like, why don't you just put them in there? So also like support her in the decision. So both of you have decided to keep your little one home and that's great. So be strong in that decision because um, my husband learned the hard way that I did not want him being a wavering like tree in the homeschooling thing. Like I need firm support in this department. So I think that's one thing you can definitely – do is just be that firm support for her and for your
2: child. Thank you. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, I say from in the trenches, my husband isn't actively involved in the homeschooling part of our life. It's not that he's not able to. It's just that with his work schedule and with he's not really a pro school kind of guy. But he will support me 100% in our homeschooling journey. So if I'm just having a crappy day or the teenagers aren't cooperating again, he will step up behind me and be like, this is what we're doing. And so you're gonna sit down and you're gonna do your math, whether you like to or not. Like he will come up, behind me and support me and I need that. And I absolutely agree with the find the thing that she's struggling with because it is impossible to do everything. Like I cannot keep a house clean and look after all the kids needs and my own needs and to spend time with him and do work and all these other things. Anything that you can do that takes any of that pressure off would be absolutely appreciated. Like dishes, please do the dishes. Like it sounds stupid, but honestly, like, please, if you can just do the dishes after dinner, like you have no idea. Like I would, might cry. I do actually maybe secretly when I come downstairs and the dishes are done because I don't have to do that after a long day. Like really it sounds dumb, but throw in a load of laundry, do the things that are monotonous, boring everyday tasks that somebody else can do because the kids will ask for mom to help them with assignments. They may not ask dad, But mom, even if we try to like, dad's right there, like right there, they may not listen anyways, (laughs) like, you know, but, but. So you may not be able to do the math with them, but you can throw in the laundry. You can do the dishes. You can pick up the toys that have been sitting on the table for the last week instead of complaining that the table is a mess, right? Um, That is huge, and it takes a big weight off without maybe even us noticing. I think when it's done without the, look what I did today kind of Mm, attitude, it really is helpful. It's really helpful to just take that unseen pressure
1: off right i love that word unseen pressure i think that's the secret sauce right there it's it's finding the things that is not being verbalized and then just getting it done because i think and
2: we've i've talked a lot with some of my homeschooling moms and even just moms in general there's this idea of what is required of us as a mom we don't talk about it because we're not allowed to kind of you know it's the what if i don't do this 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 and this i'm a failure as a mom and so we don't ask for help in any of the areas like housekeeping is mom's job and feeding the family is mom's job and homeschooling the kids is mom's job and if i can't do any of those things i'm a failure as a mom so we won't usually go i need help so if the woman in your life or the parent in your life is feeling completely overwhelmed, they may not tell you, but I'm sure you can pick up on that they're stressed out. So take that. Yeah. yeah that those things I that we were struggling with. Opening up a channel for dialogue, especially because, like you said, like
0: being a mom, you just feel like you have to do it all. So what additional resources do you have for our homeschooling parents?
2: Find the um, homeschool association in your province. That would be my number one recommendation first, because they usually okay. have great advice on how to homeschool specifically in your province. So that would be something that I would recommend first. Um, okay. If you do go, if you do go to my website, you can find an entire section that's about the starting and I've got links to most of the associations there as well. Um, another thing that I do have on my website, there's a learning center and things will be shifting as I get around to actually working on the website again. But um There's a section there called the Canadian Curriculum section, and um, what I have done is I take, I've taken the Ontario curriculum, and we're almost finished the Alberta one. I got another homeschool mom who's amazing, and she took that off my plate because I couldn't keep up with it. People have been asking for years, and I'm like, I can't, I just can't, I don't have any more time in my day. But uh, she's working on Alberta. Um, And so what we've done is we've, because usually when you go on to the government website, specifically in Ontario, for example, they have have um, the free list of what's supposed to be covered in a curriculum for math from grade one to seven or whatever. But there's nothing that's like, here, this is what you need to learn for grade one. And so what I did is I took all of the information from every subject and I put it into a simple grade by grade checklist. So you can just print off grade one or look at grade one and go check, 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 check done everything. We're good to okay. go. And, and a reminder that um, particularly in Ontario, we are not obligated to follow that. But some families do feel more comfortable knowing. That, that resource, that their their kids are similar or on par with the homeschool, with the schooling community. So that so kind of maybe can provide some assurances as to families who want to know what to cover or that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Again, on my website, there's tons of stuff. There's a whole section on my website that is devoted to trying to provide lists of resources that are available for each grade. Um, some of them are free, some of them are not, but at least it gives people a starting point for where to look if they're absolutely stuck grade by grade. But my, my primary advice would be just to um, start with your province and find out what you need to do, and then look okay. for resources that will help grow from there.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Lisa. And thank you for being on the show with us today. It was such a treat to have you on with us and to get some of your knowledge on all of these different various topics. I hope that this has helped our community of homeschoolers to better understand that, you know, things aren't perfect. And it's okay. It's okay that they're not perfect. And we're just going to take it one day at a time. So thank you again for joining us on today's episode. And we look forward to having you back again in the future. Thank you so much for listening to the Schoolio Podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Schoolio Podcast so you never miss a fresh episode. It's as simple as going to your favorite podcast streaming app and clicking subscribe. Once you've subscribed, we would absolutely love if you could leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if we're helping. Let us know if you have a topic idea. If you leave a review and we read it on the show, you'll be entered in to win a prize from Schoolio. Oh, and I almost forgot. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Schoolio.